This is The Widow Podcast and I am Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I'll be supporting you through the loss of your life partner so you can find a more positive way through your grief. I want to give you hope after loss and to know that when you are ready, you can create a meaningful life for yourself with the help of me, Karen Sutton and The Widow Podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining me again on the Widow Podcast. I'm super excited to have a guest today. I haven't had a guest for a while. I've done a lot of solo episodes, which has been amazing. I love doing it. However, I absolutely adore having conversations with people. And today's guest is incredibly inspiring and has something very interesting to share with you because she's created something that might be of interest to you at some point in your journey. So today we have got Nikki, Nikki Wake. Nikki is a widow herself, a mum, an entrepreneur and founder of Chapter 2 Dating. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But Nikki, hello. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Bless you. So do you want to start by telling us a little bit about Andy, your story and and what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I met Andy in 2002. Uh, We were very early adopters of online dating. So we met online on datingdirect.com. We had our first date, and I knew on that first date I was going to marry him. At that, on that date, he told me the songs he wanted played at his funeral. Um, so I guess he thought I was a keeper too at that point. Um, obviously, I didn't expect to, to play them so soon. Um, so we had a real whirlwind romance. He was my absolute soulmate, my John to my Yoko, my Yin to my Yang. We were desperately in love, um, and we got married in 2004 in a beachfront ceremony in Jamaica um, and, and, and started an incredible, crazy, wonderful adventure together. We were head over heels in love. Um, we tried long and hard and had a lot of fun trying for a baby. Um, eventually, uh, we got pregnant with, uh, with Finn. who arrived, burst into the world in 2007 and made our lives complete. Uh, During that time, we'd set up an event management business, uh, delivering big, fancy award shows all around the world. And Andy became the stay-at-home dad and my rock. And I went out jet-setting around the world, delivering glamorous shows. Um, I think I got the better end of the deal, but anyway... Um, and, uh, and and life was just idyllic. Uh, you know, we, we had some crazy adventures. We traveled all the way around the world. Um, Andy said when we went to Australia in early 2017, he said to me, we're doing our bucket list before we have to, which I thought was quite poignant at the time. Um, and, and so we, we, you know, we had, we lived life to the absolute fullest. Um, and uh, then in, July 2017, I was away on a business trip and um, I phoned home and he was really quite quiet, which wasn't like him. I was a bit concerned and I got home and he said, oh, I've been having chest pains. So I was like, well, have you been to the doctors? And of course, he's a man, so he didn't go to the doctors because they don't, do they? So I dragged him kicking and screaming to the doctors. 
and he went in to see the doctor and he skipped out and said, uh, oh, it's all right, it's just stress. Obviously, he wasn't stressed. I knew something wasn't 100% right. I took him back to the doctors three times and eventually I insisted the doctor did an ECG. Um, and the doctors do them in the surgery and put the results down the phone. It's all very technical these days. And um, and it, it transpired he was having a heart attack at that point. So we got blue lighted to hospital. Um, within 20 minutes, he'd had a stent fitted and was up in bed laughing and everything was okay. He stayed in hospital for three nights and then I brought him home thinking, We'd had a really lucky escape and thinking we need to make lifestyle changes, etc. Um, which was fine. Went to bed that evening. Now, um, Andy snored like a trooper. So um, that's the one thing I don't miss, actually. Um, and uh, and he, uh, he went to bed early. I went to join him. He was snoring like hell. I just thought, I can't do this. I'm going to go downstairs. So I slept in the spare room. And then about five in the morning, I heard a terrible sound and I went rushing upstairs and the stent had failed and Andy was having another heart attack. Um, so I had to do CPR for 40 minutes. Now, the good news is that I can do CPR. The bad news is I'm not very good at it, clearly, because unfortunately, um, his brain was starved of oxygen during those 40 minutes. Um, I now know that actually outer home cardiac arrests are very, very poor success rates, um, 10% at most. So at least I don't blame myself in the same way that I, I was doing initially. And um, uh, we got rushed again to hospital. He was in ICU. They put him in an induced coma. And I had a two-week bedside vigil where everybody was trying to manage my expectations. The, the consultant told me there's not going to be a happy ending here. Um, so he did survive, but he was utterly and physically disabled. Um, when they brought him around from a coma, it was very clear that he had severe brain damage. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know where he was. Um, it was utterly heartbreaking to see your beautiful, wonderful husband destroyed by by this incident um and i had to go home and tell my son that that daddy wasn't going to get better um and and uh we tried everything we threw everything at it we threw rehab at it um specialist care private care everything but it was very clear that we weren't going to get a happy ending and i just needed to start to accept so i moved into a period of what is known as living grief. You, you're grieving the person you've lost, but they're still here physically, which is some of the darkest points in my life. He, he ended up in a nursing home because he needed 24-7 care. There was literally no question that I could bring him home. I, I nor would I wanted to because he was very confused, very angry, uh, very bewildered, very aggressive. Um, and I found visiting absolutely heartbreaking. And I took the really difficult decision to not let Finn, our son, see him in this state because um, I wanted him to have happy memories of his dad, not not memories of this shell of a man that, that was. 
Um, and obviously then I had to negotiate tricky waters within laws, etc. So it was it was possibly the most challenging time of my life. I used to wake up incredulous that this had happened to me and to us. Um, and I prayed for every happy ending, but it didn't happen. And then in March 2020, COVID hit the headlines. Um, obviously, we all know what was happening in nursing homes. Um, and I knew that there was the, that was the beginning of the end. I just knew in my, in my gut uh, that, that he wasn't going to live through that. And sure enough, within 10 days, um, he had a temperature, then it became clear he had COVID, and he died. And unfortunately, I couldn't go and see him because of the rules of the nursing homes, etc. Uh, although in, in lots of ways, I'm, I'm relieved by that, because I don't think I could have coped with that. I think that would have broken my broken heart even further. Um, so yeah, sadly, we lost him March 2020. Um and then I began a new journey as a widow, and I sort of started to embrace my widow status. And I've got to be honest, I found that really helpful in my journey, is by accepting widowhood and, and leaning into the widow community. And I think the widow community is an incredible resource. Um, I'm a huge fan of widowed and young, so that's for people who are widowed under 50. Um, and obviously, once you're in widowed and young, they don't throw you out. So I'm going to be forever young. So I quite like that, really. Um, and, uh, and, and I found that an incredible resource and charity. And I, I'm a huge advocate and supporter of theirs, uh, wherever I can be, obviously. Um, and they, they did incredible things for us. Um, so, so yeah, um, during that time, eventually, I might, my thoughts turned to dating. I was 50. I was way too young to spend the rest of my life on my own. And also I didn't want to. I know that Andy would have wanted me to find some joy and happiness. I, I genuinely believe we can have more than one soulmate in life and that actually our lost partners wouldn't want us to be unhappy in any way, shape or form. Um, so I started dating again. Um, but dating was. Um, Dating has moved on massively in 20 years. Um, so I had some absolutely torrid experiences online on Tinder and Bumble and Hinge with all sorts of inappropriate photos being sent to me and meeting married men and various other things that just didn't work out. And I thought, God, there has to be a better way than this. And, um, and, and I looked around for a widowed dating app and there wasn't one. And obviously, I knew the strength of the widow community um, through through uh, various groups I was involved with, and sort of put two and two together. And I had this light bulb moment about creating a dating app purely for widows and widowers uh, to each other in a safe and secure space where people are thoroughly vetted. Uh, because obviously, widows could be very easily exploited. Um, so. Uh, as I'm sure you know, and your listeners know, chapter two is a phrase so commonly used about the next relationship, the next partnership. And um, I checked and the domains were available, which I couldn't believe. Um, so so I, I bought those. And um, obviously, I'm quite entrepreneurial, so it made sense to set up a business. Um, and so chapter two, dating was born. I sort of came up with the idea in March. The platform is 
funded by investment from widows. So I've got two widows who've invested in it, which is a lovely sort of PR story. Um, and then we went live on the 25th of November um, with two months free premium for everybody who joined at that point. And then tomorrow we start charging for premium access, but free access, uh, basic access will always remain free. And I'm very passionate about making sure that we have that entry level for people who can't um, afford it for whatever reason. Um, so you get to be able to create a profile, you get to look at profiles, and you get to like, but you, you can't send messages. If you want to send messages to people, then you need to, um, you need to sign up for premium access. So obviously this was born out of your own frustration trying to 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 navigate the dating world and you're right it's 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 a big old scary place isn't it and it's you know it's a question I get asked a lot in in my my groups we talk about dating and how to navigate that and what that involves and there's a there's a nervousness around it isn't it because you you you're already vulnerable you're you're already fragile and you, you're throwing yourself out to the wolves almost, aren't you? Sometimes you feel that, like, oh, I want to. I'm curious. I, I want to to feel alive a little bit again. I want to feel attractive. I, I want to have a, a conversation that isn't revolved around me being widowed or, you know, a solo parent or, you know, all of the other challenges that come with widowhood. And we crave that. And, and, you know, as much as our person has died, we still have wants and needs and desires, you, you know, that we are still alive. And I think there's a lot of shame created around that, isn't there? There's from ourselves as, as widows, but also from the, the society, the greater society around us um, that, you know, maybe you're being disloyal. Um, you know, you, you've moved on. That's it. You're over it. Once you start dating, and there's there's all these judgments that that come about. So it's a it's a big step to take, and it's it's a scary step to take. And you know, I for one, when I started online dating, um, I remember I put I put widow in my profile on on the dating apps because I thought, well, if people know I'm a widow, they'll they'll be like super nice to me. <laughs> in my naivety um you know because it, because it, you know you your widowhood is that like the biggest part of your life isn't it and you you want every you know i remember going food shopping and you know wanting to tell the cashier that when i was buying my food shopping and just wanted everyone to know that i was widowed because it, it explained what I was going through in that moment. But actually on dating sites, you know, people aren't really that <laughs> interested for the, for the most part. So to create that space for people, I think gives that assurance, doesn't it? That it, that it is safe, that everyone else understands what you're going through. Is there still guilt attached to it though, Nikki? Is there still that element of what does this mean if I put myself out in into the dating world? Does that mean I no longer grieve, that I no longer love my person, that I'm over it? And, you know, all those things we tell ourselves that dating mean that it doesn't, but essentially it's still there, isn't it? And it's still an issue for us. I, I think I will always wrestle with a bit of that guilt. I think that's that's just natural, I think. Um, 
it's something that I want. I'm really passionate about creating a safe space for people. So the beauty of, um, of chapter two is, is that it's almost an emotional shorthand. People get it. People get each other. You're already on, you know, level five of conversation because you both experience the same thing. And I think widows and widowers are uniquely placed to understand each other and to understand what we've gone through and understand the complications of starting dating again, you know, still having photos of your late spouse around, um, blended families, all those challenges that, that come with, um, with, with starting again. But we all acknowledge what has gone before. So we talk about moving on, uh, sorry, moving forward, not moving on because it, that's what it is. It's it's the next phase of life. Um, and, and we shouldn't feel guilty, but I think naturally we do. And I think that's something we're always going to wrestle with a little. Uh, but hopefully we can create a safe space of people who get it and who understand. Yeah. And that's really important, isn't it? And I know, I know a lot of, of widows, you know, there is that connection with somebody else that has lost a life partner that, that, because you know when i was when i was dating i i did i did meet widows and i and i also dated those that that weren't widow i actually personally found it quite hard dating a widow because i found it quite hard creating the the space for somebody else's grief as as well in, in my life and that, and that may have been just where i was in that moment in my grieving journey and and it might be different now you know i've i've met andy and and he's not a widower um he's divorced and and actually he's been wonderful at embracing my widowhood my grief and and Simon into our lives he's very understanding of that however there is that that level of of trust and respect I think when you do have two people come together that you don't you don't have to explain yourself because I remember dating guys that weren't widowed um but were so uncomfortable about my widowhood and didn't like you know like you say the photos around the house and didn't know what to say when I was feeling upset and you almost feel like you are guiding them through your grief that you're you're trying to to teach them rather than them hold that that space for you and and we you know depending on where you are in your journey you haven't necessarily got the the capacity to do that for somebody else have you because you're trying to get yourself through it maybe some kids as well and and, and trying to guide somebody else through that can can feel like an, an extra layer an extra responsibility that you don't want or need so have you had success stories already, Nikki? Yes, we have. They're not ready to go live and public yet because it's still very early days, you know, a couple of months. But I'm, I'm, I'm dying to buy my first hat for my first Chapter 2 wedding, So, um, which would be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I know at least of three couples who've got together and who are very happy and enjoying um, uh, life. Uh, I'm sure there's many more than that that haven't told me. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's funny. If I can help some people find some joy, that helps me make sense of my loss. If that makes sense, it's that meaning making, isn't it? It's it's creating meaning in in your life. Absolutely, it's given me a new sense of purpose and a, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And we all know how hard that can be at times. So, so hard. And how's your son about you creating this? 
Um, he's good. He's um, he's horrified because uh, we've had loads of PR coverage, which has been fantastic. I've got incredible PR team working on it who are telling my story. Um, and in each of those stories, there are photos of him as a very cute little toddler. And he's like, oh, goodness me. So, um, so yeah, I think he's he's proud, but also a bit kind of like mum about it all. But, uh, but yeah, he... Um, yeah, it's 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 been, you know, he's excited by it as I am, and he's very proud of me and what I'm achieving, as are my friends and family. So, um, yeah, to find to find positivity out of tragedy, I think, is a real challenge, and one that I've risen to. I'm, I've always been a kind of make lemonade at lemons kind of girl, so I've tried to find the positives in everything that I do. Um, and I think, you know, people are um, uh, hugely supportive of what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. And that's lovely. That is lovely. It's 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 important for us, I think, isn't it? And it doesn't always have to be big, the, the meaning that we make. It, you know, it doesn't always have to be around our widowhood either, does it? It, it, it can be in so many ways. It can be in the smallest of ways in your, in your daily tasks, but that's unique to all of us. But it is lovely to find something that gives you a, a focus, a, a purpose, that, that feel-good factor, knowing that you're helping others. You, you know, you've been there, you've, you've walked that journey just wanted to go back um to when andy was ill did he ever recognize you remember you gain any memory in in that in those years after the the heart attack very occasionally in fact the last visit i had with him before they closed the care homes down for covid was a really positive visit um thankfully so i've got a happy memory of that where he did know who I was and I climbed in the bed with him and, and held him and cuddled him. And um, so, yeah, it was very sporadic, you know, probably one in six visits. He'd sort of know who I was. He very often thought I was his mother, which um, I was, it took a little bit sorting, but there you go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, um, and bless his mum, she went religiously every week to visit him, you know, two, two trams and a train and everything else. So how did you cope through that time period? Because I get messages from widows whose husbands are, are poorly, um, have dementia, you know, these long-term illnesses where essentially you've, you've lost them, that, that they're not who they were your relationship isn't what it was and like you say that that you know living what did you living call grief. it the, the living, living grief, grief. Yeah. living grief and you, you know it's it's not recognized is it it's not talked about a lot and you know as much as there are there's you know there's much more support now for widows like you say there's widowed and young there's myself that there's other people out there offering support for, for those grieving but to find support in those times I think is really challenging isn't it so what did you draw on what helped you get through that because that was for a long time it was. It was three years of absolute limbo. Um, I did counselling. I, I, I spent. A, I threw a load of money at time and time at counselling for both me and for Finn, which I think saved our sanity definitely. And um, the other thing I did was uh, you don't have to be a psychologist to work this out. Um, me and Finn visited every Disney park in the world in one year. Wow! Clearly, I was running away. Yeah. <laughs> I want 
one can't be sad in Disneyland, I found out. So, um, so yeah, that that was that was my coping mechanism, um, and then just leaning into friends and family. I mean, just don't be afraid to ask for support and help um, because people want to help, but you need to be very clear about what help you need and how you need it and when you need it. Um, uh, so I think I think they, that would be my kind of three tips around that. Yeah. We we need an escape, don't we? You, you know, we, we talk about how we can distract ourselves from our grief. And and I think we need that. We can't be in grief all the time. We can't be in sadness all the not time. Healthy. It's not. And equally, we can't distract ourselves all the time either because then we're not dealing with, with the loss. But I think to find something that does give you that escape, that gives you a sense of, of life, um, you, you know, that distraction from your reality, that helps, doesn't it? It helped me and Finn build our relationship because bear in mind that Andy was a stay-at-home dad. I was always out and about. Me and Finn didn't have the strength of relationship that we do these days. Um, so yeah, it certainly helped me through that. But I can't, I can't say heavily enough. Counselling and specialist counselling is is certainly uh, a major game changer. That's amazing. That is that is amazing, and and such a huge support, such a huge support for you both because because you need that. Do you think that period of time? prepared you in any way for Andy's death at all? Yeah, very much so. It gave me and Finn time to assimilate a new relationship. It gave us um, time to accept in the whole kind of acceptance of grief thing. Um, Yeah, no, it definitely did. There's never a good way for someone to die, be that instantly or protracted over time. But I think I prefer my version um, I didn't at the time, but I think I do now, um, except that that was really helpful to me to get my head around it. Had Andy died that day back in July 2017, I don't think I'd be as in as strong and as positive a place as I am now. So, yeah, almost you have to accept what's happened and learn to live with that um, before you eventually lose them. Well, that, that's certainly been mine experience of it again it's just so unique and it's so different for everyone and you know you obviously had had lost Andy before he died and and the relationship that you had and and the family that you had so so I guess you know there is that that preparation in in some respects however it's it's so different isn't it when it does happen because it you know took up a big part of your life didn't it that that was probably your main focus I, I, I naively thought that living grief counted towards real grief. Doesn't. <laughs> Hit me like a sledgehammer all the same. Um, you know, I genuinely thought, oh, I've done most of my grieving. No, I clearly hadn't. So, uh, yeah, I had, and that was going into COVID so we couldn't see friends and family, but thankfully we didn't have to do school runs and stuff so we could homeschool. And, and so, that, you know, in some ways that was a blessing. I think what's lovely about what you're saying there, Nikki, is that, it's it's finding the good in your own situation, isn't it? Whatever our situations are, and they're all different and they're all unique, it's finding what feels good for you in, in your situation that brings you a little bit of comfort that that you can kind of say, I'm glad it happened like that, or I'm, I'm glad this was, was part of my journey because I can see that that gave me something or provided me 
and that's that's the, I think that's the key to a lot of it. It made me the woman I am. It's created a new business. I mean, I think Andy would find it um, hysterical that I've managed to turn uh, grief into a business adventure. But uh, yeah, uh, it, you know, it's yeah, it's made me who I am. Um, would I change it? I'd, I'd roll it back in a heartbeat and have him for the rest of my life. But that's just not an option, sadly. No. And what do you think? Obviously, you've, you've got Chapter 2 dating and you've, you've done really well at achieving that. What what do you think through this, your, your grief, that you've learned about yourself, about life, about possibilities? You know, something that you feel proud of within you? I think I found my strength. You know, I didn't realise I was a blooming warrior and I am and, and, and nothing has knocked me down, you know. And yes, I've had dark days. Don't get me wrong. You know, there are days I've been under the duvet and couldn't get out. Um, but I think that inner strength, that it's, it's built in us all, resilience. And, and, and all you need to do is tap into that. And there is positivity in every situation, regardless of how bad it is. You've just got to find it. Um, and, and also I've learned the amazing network of friends and family I've got who literally put me back together in, in, in pieces and are incredibly proud of what I've done and who I've become. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I would rather none of it happened, but it has. And, I, you know, we learn to live with it every day. I think that's such an important message, isn't it? You know, I'm always saying to to those in in my my groups, and my membership. You know, we cannot heal in isolation, and and this is why I I love creating the groups that I create because, as much as some people are very nervous about entering a, a group of widows, um, because that there is that feeling of oh, it's going to be really heavy and and depressing, and it's going to you know add to my suffering. It, there's so much strength to be gained from from being with others and that support you get whether it's from other widows from joining a, a supportive widow group or from your community your family and friends that are around you or you know a, a new community because you do end up meeting new people don't you when people come out the woodwork i've made some new best friends for life through the widow community and all i would say is lean in to groups like yours to weigh etc because they're an invaluable resource yeah yeah you feel feel less alone i think don't you when you do feel incredibly alone in it so how do people go about finding chapter two then is it is it an app that's downloaded yeah so um we're currently submitting to the app store for approval but it's you can access online at the moment um at chapter two dating dot app um and uh, you can sign up and set up a profile for your charge there and then if you want to sign up for premium access you can so that's chapter two dating dot app yeah, yeah absolutely or you can email me nikki at chapter two dating dot co dot uk brilliant such an amazing thing to to offer and i think it's going to be so well received it already has been hasn't it nikki yeah we've got over over 1200 members already and i've had some incredible feedback so yeah and i think what i love is you know that we haven't mentioned but it's worth touching on quickly is as much as it's dating it's a dating app there's also an option there to, to to just meet new friends if you know if you want a platonic relationship 
It's companionship, there's forums, there's resources. You can access all of those. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's sometimes that's just what we need, isn't it? And who knows what grows out of these things, but you know, it's in those friendships that, that beautiful things happen. Thank you so much. Good luck. I look forward to to hearing more about it and and the success stories. Keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing work and, and so needed. Thank you so much for listening to the widow podcast with me, Karen Sutton. If you would like to be part of a supportive community of people who understand your grief, come and join my free Facebook group, Widowed and Rising, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of The Widow Podcast.